Well, we are in year two on this series. Uh, <laughs> actually, um, the, it's just kind of the overarching banner of this, real life. And so we're continuing on real life. And tonight, I'm going to go ahead and shoot to the chase here. I want to talk to you about avoiding error. Avoiding error in our life. And uh, this is an important thing. Uh, back in Second Samuel... Um, if you'll remember the Ark of the Covenant, and you can go back and read this, the Ark of the Covenant had been captured and taken, and the enemy thought that'd be a cool thing to have because it was so meaningful to um, the children of Israel. And actually, be, uh, how many of you have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? It was exactly like that movie. No, but that was pretty powerful, and I remember when that first came out. But they decided after a while, this is not such a good idea, you know, to have this. So. Uh, they sold it in a yard sale. <laughs> Not really. But anyway, David is bringing the ark back, and they, it's in uh, Benadab's house. And then his son is Uzzah, and it uh, goes from Abinadab's to Uzzah's house. And there were certain ways that the ark of the covenant was to be handled. And uh, they did not handle it appropriately. And it was to be covered with uh, badger skin. It was to be carried on staves. It was to have this blue cloth around it. And, and you say, why? Well, there's a lot of symbolic and important meanings in all that. But mostly, you ready for this? Because God said so. Have you ever told your kids that? You know, and, and that's not just because you're trying to be so austere or whatever. Sometimes they're just not going to understand. And so sometimes... God, being God, tells us to do something, and we go, why do you have to do that? And it's because we don't see things quite like he sees them. His vantage point, his maturity, so so to speak, exceeds ours. So God said, I want it handled in this way. And they did not handle it in that way, and they put it on a cart, and it some point, the oxen stumbled a little bit, and Uzzah reached over and touched it. And how many of you know if you touched it, what would happen? You would die. And it says that Uzzah was struck, and this is important out of the Scripture, he was struck because of his error. He was struck because of his error. An error is a, is a mistake. Sometimes it's just to do wrong. But a lot of times it has to do with a mistake. Now, you can rebel, and you can decide to do some certain things. But when I made a mistake on a math test, that was not rebellion, okay? That was like I didn't understand something. I got the wrong information, or I, uh, I was getting other information when that information was being given. You know, and there, there are a number, of, you know, a number of things going on there. But error is a mistake. It's a deviation. It's not correct. It's wrong. And it's not necessarily rebellion at this point. And it... However, it does have consequence to it. And that's what we've got to understand that, you know, well, uh, I didn't know. Well, guess what? There's still consequence. And so we find error in a, in a lot of different things. You know, uh, baseball season is, you know, our, uh, our academy boys, uh, they started their season, I guess, yesterday, you know. And so baseball, springtime, you know, starting to, to crank up and uh, talk to uh, a young man earlier, he's on a little baseball team. So that's coming. And guess what? You Runs, hits, and errors. And uh, nobody is trying to miss the ball 
overthrow, miss the catch, whatever it would be. It's an error. But guess what? It has consequence. And maybe, you know, you can lose the game because of an error. Okay? Sometimes, tragically, there are accidents, you know, a a plane crash, a a boat uh, crash. Something happens, and it can be pilot error. Sometimes in trying to balance your checkbook or accounting or any math, things like that, we have errors. And even though that would be a mistake, it would be a deviation from what would be accurate, this is what we've got to know. It has consequence. It has consequence. Well, officer, I didn't realize this was a 20-mile-an-hour school zone. I thought this was the Autobahn. Well, you may have thought that, precious. But there's still consequence for that. Y'all hear me? Um, this is an important message, and I'll, I'll continue on this actually next week with some things on this as well. In Proverbs chapter 7, how many of you read Proverbs? Okay, let me recommend the Proverbs to everybody, okay? They're very readable. You can read a proverb for the day. Today is the 15th, correct? So there are 31, and if you've heard me say this before, guess what? You're going to hear me say it again. There are 31 Proverbs. Most months have 31 days. And so just find whatever day it is and read that proverb. I've been doing this for decades. And the Proverbs are a book of wisdom, and it, and it will help you with this. And then, you know, maybe a couple months you read it in a certain translation, then after a while go to another translation or paraphrase or whatever. And so you can kind of fly over it from a little bit different direction. But, you know, keep feeding yourself that wisdom. Part of your reading, I think, every day should be a proverb for the day. So anyway, back to Proverbs 7. Let's look in verse 6 and 7. And it says, for at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple. I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. How many of you know, look at me, how many of you know that a young man devoid of understanding is about to make an error? Okay. I mean, it's all said right there. A young man devoid of understanding, fill in the blanks, there's about to be some error. Uh, We won't read all of this right now, but there was a woman dressed seductively. Uh, She's wayward. She's on the prowl, so to speak, and she finds her target in this young man. And in verse 21 and 22, it says, With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool goes to the correction of the stocks. And so what happened here, although scripture says previously, y'all with me still? Yes. Earlier in that, in that proverb says she was dressed seductively, but it says ultimately what seduced him, you ready? Her words. Look at me. What will seduce you are words. Ultimately it's going to be words. And where this is maybe in an impure sexual context here, I'm talking about all of your life and all of the things that would get you off track in whatever arena it would be. Ultimately, it's going to be the power of words. They're going to lead you to some error. Let's go on and read a little bit more here. In verse 23, uh, it says, Till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, look at this, he did not know it would cost his life. He was devoid of understanding, 
He made error and it cost him. And here's the miscalculation for him. Whew, he did not realize it would cost his, his life. Verse 24 says, now therefore. Always ask yourself this, whatever you see therefore. Ask yourself this question. What is the therefore, therefore? And usually the therefore is there because it's connecting with something. So all of this previous context here, now we come to this point. Now, therefore, because of that, wisdom says, wisdom is speaking, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the, what? To the words of my mouth. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. And you go on, you read the rest of that, and you see the the great benefit from that. I hadn't really planned on on venturing into this tonight, but, um, you know, within the last week, Whitney Houston um, passed. This is tragic. Honestly, one of my favorite voices on this entire planet. What a credible gift from God. How did this girl who came out of the church choir end up in such a sad, sad state of affairs and leave, you know, and today I'm reading, they're wondering if she even has any money left, you know? And, and just, this is just tragic all over the place. And do you know what it, you know what it is? Somehow she got seduced. Somebody said, this would be okay. You need this. You deserve this. This won't matter. And I'm going to tell you that the devil is always kind of in those little things to deviate your path. I don't think everybody knows they're listening to the enemy. But the enemy will, will just move in different ways and use different people and different things in such a way that it got her off the path. Somebody said, this is okay. Try this. Do this. It'll be all right. This won't matter. And guess what? You're not exempt either. That's right. And all of those things are meant for your destruction. They're meant for your destruction. Now, let's look at some, at some other things here. You've got to pay attention to the right words. But you have to be aware and ready so that wrong words come. That when wrong words are there, that you can discern the wrong words. And so that's part of what I want to talk about tonight. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, the apostle Paul says, but I fear. Yeah, the apostle said, I fear. I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds, everybody say, my mind. My mind. I said, your minds. I maybe have a couple of minds. It's true. So your minds, say my mind, there we go. So your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And the word simplicity there means pure and undivided devotion. And so what Paul is fearing here, what he's afraid of here, is that Satan would somehow deceive us the same way that he deceived Eve. And if we think back to the garden, how did Satan, who took on the form of a serpent, how did he deceive Eve? Words. Go ahead and say it. Words. 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 He slithered up and he, he started to take exception. Did God really mean that? That really wasn't what he was saying. And there's always this little twist and some partial truth thrown in. And then, you know, the fall started, and as soon as the fall started, everybody starts pointing at everybody else. You know, and Adam said, where are you? Where were you? 
understand this, and this is always sticks out to me. Whenever God asks a question, he's not needing information. When God said, Adam, where are you? He knew where he was. Okay? It was not a geographical question. And Adam said, well, I hid myself because I was naked. He said, who told you were naked? He said, you ate of the tree, didn't you? And God knew all this. He said, well, yeah, but that woman that you, see, here's what happens. We, we start pointing away from ourselves. That woman that you gave me, that you gave me, she, she cooked this thing for me, said, eat it. And it was her words too and her influence. And then God asked her and he said, what is this thing that you've done? And she said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. That's an error. I said, that's an error. And it's not without consequence. Because you know what happened? Sin entered the earth. Sin entered the earth and everything it touched, it's ruined. And it's, it's had impact on all of us. Anybody at church tonight? So Paul feared that Satan would deceive us from our pure, simple, undivided devotion to Christ in the same way that he deceived Eve, and it was words. So let's, let's look at some ways that we can kind of filter out some certain words. Um, first of all, you need to ask yourself questions. You need to ask yourself some questions. Uh, you need to examine your life. We've talked about this a little bit. You, you don't need to just swallow everything hook, line, and sinker. At some point, you need to reflect. I think it's, it, it should be a, a, a spiritual discipline in your life that you reflect, that you think about things, that you take some time on decisions, that you pray, that you kind of check on you, you know, and see how you're doing. Instead of just run, 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 run. Because that's another thing that the enemy likes to whip us into is a schedule. And just got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. And then we collapse. And then got to go, got to go, got to go. Y'all with me? And so you need to ask some questions. You know, if you were, let's say you're in the mall and you got a two-year-old. And all of a sudden your two-year-old, my kids always would hide in those clothing racks. You know, and then. After a while, we're like, all right, Holy Spirit, you know where they are. You know? <laughs> um, but what if one of them went into those, one of those clothing racks and then came out with half a sandwich eating it? Would you just let them eat it? No. You go, what, where'd you get that? What are you doing? But see, we go through life and we let our kids go through life. And the, our loved ones go through life, and they're eating stuff. They don't know where it's from. We don't know where it's from, and you know what? We just don't say anything. And there are a lot of things that we just need to question. We need to ask yourself these kind of questions. Who told you that? I mean, talk to yourself. Who told you that? Why do you think that? Why do you believe that? Where do you get your information? Don't just swallow anything and don't just follow anybody. You know, I had a conversation with a, a person the other day. Um, and the Bible also says, also says this. Foolish and unlearned questions avoid. Knowing that they gender strife. 
So sometimes you don't get into a big discussion with people on things. And it had to do with some theological things. And uh, they loved Jesus. But their take on some things was far from being biblical. And so I just inserted just a few thoughts. But I thought, you know, this is not my place. Uh, I don't know that I have that entrance. And, and this guy believes this and he believes this. And you know what? So you, you don't get into all of that. But in my mind, I'm thinking, who on earth told him that? Where'd you get that? Are you, are you hearing this? Well, we can't be boss of everybody, but we sure can of ourselves. And I think you would do well to square yourself up sometimes or sit yourself down and say, why do I believe this? Why do I think like that? Who told me that? You know, I, I may have shared this story with you before, but my, my grandma, her name was Nola May. Anybody here named Nola May? It's not a real popular name anymore, but um, she baked everything. She made her own noodles, made her own bread. She was always baking. I was always eating dough. <laughs> Loved it. She'd chase me. You're going to get worms. <laughs> so it wasn't until I was 20 or so I realized I probably don't have worms. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just thought, this is so good. I don't care, you know. You know, just stuffed it in my mouth. She made her own pie crust. Just, she was always baking and uh, gardened and all that stuff. And I, I just loved, loved being around Grandma because she's, you know, always eating, never idle. She's just always working, doing it. She made pies, awesome pies. And it wasn't like the filling out of a can. It was stuff that she had canned and stuff. Just good, good stuff. And my brother and I were eating a piece of pie one day, and she, she leaned over on the table, and she said, don't eat that crust, it'll kill you. Well, about four years later, as my brother is finishing eating a pie, surgically removing the filling, my mom said, Terry, why don't you eat crust? And he looked up at her and he said, Grandma said it'd kill you. Where did he get that? Grandma, words. Are, are you seeing this? And that's very light, but you believe some things. You think some things. You decide some things that actually, you ready, are error. They're error. And we've, we've got to kind of zero in on this. So let's, let's look at a couple ways we can avoid this. A big problem for us as believers. Do we have any believers in the house tonight? A big problem for believers is we've stepped across the line and said we believe. Everybody has within them the mechanism to believe. And when we become believers, we decide to believe. Believing is a decision. And we kind of turn that mechanism on full speed ahead. But here's the problem with that. If you don't have discernment, you become gullible. You become vulnerable. And let me just say this, Christians. Let me, let me draw this for you. Just because one of these is on a uh, business card, the Christian fish, well, my fish is mutated, okay? Pray for my fish. You cannot believe how many scams and things go through 
believers. Their people know that Christians are an easy touch. You be careful. Listen to me. You be careful with Christian television too. And just because somebody says, thus says the Lord. If it's a whole nother message. Does not necessarily mean that thus said the Lord. Okay. And God does not speak apart from his word in that it's something that cannot be tracked back to his word. So be careful with these kind of things. Christians, you know, there's still people passing around the petition from Madeline Murray O'Hara. How many of you seen that before? And if you're passing it around tonight, wad it up and just act like you never have done. You know, it was a petition because she was going to, you know, have God taken out of the country and prayer out of schools. And, you know, she was instrumental in all of that. And in God we trust off of the dollar bill and all, all these kind of things. And there are 30-year-old petitions that still get, get thrown around. And you know what? It makes us look pretty bad, pretty gullible. And so we need to be informed. We need to be discerning. And we need to be careful. We need to be careful concerning these things. Anybody still with me? As I said, I'm going to take a, a couple of weeks on this. Let me venture into some things here a, a little bit to help us know where to get our information from. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, we'll just go a little bit longer here tonight. It says, but the natural man, everybody say the natural man. So this is not a spiritual man, this is a natural man. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. It means they sound foolish. They can't be appreciated. The, the spiritual insight part of that person is darkened because they've not come to Christ, okay? So they're foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Then if we read 1 Corinthians now, now get this, the natural man, a non-spiritual man, spiritual truths are foreign to them, okay? Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, for you, and Paul is speaking to Christians here, okay? So Christians, are they natural or are they spiritual? Can they be carnal though? Okay, so what you have is you have carnal man, you get born again, you become spiritual, But if you are spiritual in that you are born again, but you still live like you're natural, then you're carnal. So it's possible, and this is a huge problem in Christianity, always has been, is that there are people that call upon the name of Jesus, they are Christians, but they act carnal. They they make wrong decisions, they behave in ways just as if they were not born again. And you don't trample on the grace of God. And so, let's go back to our verse. For you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So he's saying that if you're a spiritual, you're a Christian, but yet you have envy, strife, or division. He said, then you're acting like unchanged men. Let me read that verse from the Amplified. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you, are you not unspiritual? 
And of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. Here's, here's my point here, and I'll, I'll wrap up with this in a moment here. People that are involved in jealousy and anger, which is envy. People that are involved in strife, which is rivalry and contention. People that are involved in division, which is discord or tearing apart or working against unity. They shut off their capacity for spiritual truth. So, and it can be temporary. But how many of you know that you can be loving Jesus and then you get into strife? How many of you know you don't feel as spiritual and joyful? Come on, three of you. You can be loving Jesus and then you get jealous about somebody. It's right, well, who do they think they are? How come they get to eat? And you get that in. Or division, you work against any kind of unity in your family or where, wherever it would be. You're at odds. Envy, strife, divisions. It shuts off your capacity for spiritual things. Are you hearing me? So you can be a Christian. You can love Jesus all day long and for the last 30 years. But once you get yourself over into, and I don't think the list is complete, envy, strife, and division. I think there's probably other things suggesting it. Once you do that, you ready for this? You shut off your capacity for spiritual truth. And you know what you're open to now? You're, you're open to every other thing because you don't have capacity now for the real truth. Now, people that are natural, they can tell you how to plant begonias and fix your lawnmower. They can tell you how to do this and how to fix that and how to do that. But listen, when it comes to how to live life, how to raise kids, how to make it through tough economies, how to deal with these situations, that disappointment, those kind of things, we need some spiritual truth. And so we can't let just, we can't get our information just from anywhere. So follow this. If we're going to avoid error, And we want to. If you're going to avoid error, don't get into envy, strife, or division, or anything of the flesh like that. Just don't. What if I do? Get out. Have you ever taken a wrong turn, ended up, you know, wrong exit, and then got in the wrong place, and people are coming out to see you because you're in the wrong place? How many of you know you don't get out and say, hey, y'all? How many of you know at that point we're like, We're getting out of there. Are you with me? If you find yourself in envy and strife and division and carnal things, oh, here I am. Well, I'm here. No, get out. Because here's the main thing at stake here on earth right now in your life is you shut off your capacity to know what you need to know for life. So to avoid error, don't get into envy, strife, and division. And if you do get out. And to avoid error, let me get this to you too. Don't get your information or guidance for life from those who are. Because they too, they don't have capacity for the spiritual truth. In Ephesians 2.2 in the Message Bible, it says this. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. You know, and I'll just take a moment on this. In uh, the Gospels, we find Jesus draws this parable of one guy built his house upon sand. And another one built his house on a rock. 
And the one who built his house on the sand, he heard, but he did not do. And the one who built upon rock, he heard and he did. Same storm comes. We've talked a lot about this. Same storm comes. And the guy who built his house on sand, what happened to it? It fell. And Scripture describes it a little bit further. And what does it say about that fall? It says, great was the fall of that. Listen, when there are people, they may love Jesus, but if they're not doing the Word of God, if you cannot tell that they're, that they're directly following Jesus, don't get your information from life from them. Are you all hearing me? Don't let somebody who builds their house wrong tell you how to build your house. Don't let the world that doesn't know the first thing about living try to tell you how to live. You know, I'm, I'm thankful there's a lot of helpful things on TV, but when people are, are coming from a perspective that's out of darkness and does not have light, does not have capacity for spiritual truth, you're not going to tell me how to raise my children, how to treat my wife, how to overcome things in life, because you know what they'll start to tell you? It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. That won't really matter. How many times do we have to watch this play out? The seduction of words that leads us to error. Do you hear me? The seduction of words that leads us to error. And we need to make sure that we're getting our words from God. You hear me? And getting our words from people who are following God. And if you don't have people around you that are following God, and I'm not saying abandon all other people because I believe you should have unbelievers in your life. Y'all didn't hear me. I think you should have unbelievers in your life. You're to be very present, salt and light. You know, you don't isolate yourself and hold hands and sing kumbaya with your three weird Christian friends, okay? (laughs) That is not the goal. But where do you get your information from? You need to get your information from God, through godly people, through God's word, amen? So that we do not live by the seduction of words that leads to error. Because with all error, there is consequence. It does come off your grade. It does affect your life. And we're gonna talk more and more about this next week. But I want you to start asking yourself questions. You're gonna hear stuff on TV. You're gonna hear stuff from people at work. Well, we just do this and we just do that. Or that's okay, don't worry about that. And guys, we'll be talking about it on high call too. I'm telling you, there's things that that guys are saying, that's okay, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, it matters. There's poison out there that people are saying it's okay to drink, and it is not. It is not. It is not. And so ask yourself stuff. Where's this coming from? Where's this coming from? Why do I believe that? Why would I take that? And, And get this clear, because words are a powerful thing. Paul feared, I fear too, that in the same way that Satan deceived Eve, he would try to deceive us from that simple, devoted, single-minded devotion of Jesus. And let's not let words creep in and drive us off of that. Amen? We got more to cover on this, but did you get anything at all out of this tonight? All right. Good deal.